بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين يقص الحق وهو خير الفاصلين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسالة الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد A warm welcome on this cold night to everybody those who are present here in the masjid and also those who are listening either on the receiver or online wherever you may be Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh This is the seventh session and also the seventh part of the story of Prophet Adam alayhi salam and as we continue from last time's session last time in the sixth session we spoke about the reasons and the wisdom behind why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Adam alayhi salam and Hawa to earth and altogether we said there were about 23 different reasons that we'll be discussing 17 of them we already discussed in the last session inshallah so we will be continuing today and this sheds a lot of light and answers a lot of questions that we have today in the world and many people raise in terms of why are we here why is there so much suffering why do things happen the way they happen and this will help us understand ibn al-qayyim rahmatullah alayhi this is number reason number 18 now we'll move on so ibn al-qayyim rahmatullah alayhi he mentions that from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to have different individuals blessed with different blessings. Now in Jannah, everybody's blessed. But in the world, so you can't achieve that in Jannah because every single person is blessed. And there is no hard feelings in paradise in Jannah. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wanted to give each individual in this world a different status, a different rank. And the reason for this is so that you could look at somebody else and be grateful and appreciate what you have. When we see those people who have less than us, who have not, who've, been, uh, who've been tested in the way that we haven't been tested, it gives us an opportunity to appreciate what we have and to appreciate the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by witnessing, witnessing others in a difficult condition. Now, this can't be achieved in Jannah. If Adam alayhi salam and Hawa were kept in Jannah in paradise, this, you can't achieve that because there is no affliction, there is no sadness, there are no accidents, there's no illness, there's no tragedy, there's no misery in Jannah. So we come into this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us here so that we can appreciate and be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus we find in this world, He subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everybody a different rank. And in the sunnah also we learn that when you see somebody that's been afflicted, and that could be anything, it could be absolutely anything, you could be driving on the motorway and you notice it's an accident. Or there could be somebody who has broken their leg. Or you could see somebody who was maybe practicing five times praying every day and he was uh, or he or she was very particular on the deen and then all of a sudden you see them very far and distant from the deen this is also a tragedy as well 
Or for example, you hear that somebody's house has burnt down. May Allah forbid, may Allah protect. Somebody's had a family member pass away. Somebody's got cancer. You hear of all of these miseries on a daily basis. We've been taught in the sunnah that when we see, notice, hear anybody who's been afflicted, we've been taught a beautiful dua. Alhamdulillahilladhi aafani mimma abtalaka bihi wa faddalani ala kathirin mimman khalaqa tafdeela. That all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has blessed me faddalani ala kathirim. He has blessed me over so many people. There are so many people in the world. I have been blessed over them and he has safeguarded me from the affliction that you are in. And you're speaking about a particular individual or, or an incident that you see and this dua should be said at that time. And there are many blessings how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect an individual from such a tragedy. And <clears throat> so when a person sees, when we see somebody who's been given less than us, who's not as wealthy as us, who's not as fortunate as us, who's not as prosperous as us, this leads us then to appreciate the gifts and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we turn to him. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves the shukr and the gratefulness of those who are the shakirin. Those who are the grateful ones. And how can you achieve this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to see a group of people who would be from amongst the shakirin. How could you do this in Jannah? What would you, you wouldn't really appreciate in this sense because you wouldn't look down on anybody and there'd be no one in misery. But in this world, we can see there are individuals who have nothing. There are people in the world who are going through very difficult times. When we look at them, we appreciate every bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. So this was reason number 18, a wisdom behind why Adam alayhi salam and Hawa, and then as a result, all of us have been sent to the earth. Number 19. Something else which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really likes to see amongst his slaves, amongst his creation, is humility, submission and when a person really really sort of uh, becomes small for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we call this tadhallul where a person is subservient to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala totally submissive and expresses utmost humility and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this now we know jannah is a place which is a place of respect of dignity of honor it's a place where there is a person is always exalted there is no concept of being humble in paradise there's no concept of being an individual who is displaying utmost humility there you you are proud there you have everything you want and there it's a time of being totally happy and joyous whereas this is something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted that we come into this world so we can express our humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves so this is another reason why we've been sent into this world because in Jannah this would not have been able to have been achieved number 20 another reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us into this world and we haven't remained in paradise forever uh, we will inshallah but there's this intervening period where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to send Adam alayhi salam and Hawa back to the world is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has created his creation 
and also the command belongs to him as well. Both of these things, creation and command. And part of his command is his Sharia, his law. The Sharia and this Islam, what is Islam? It's a set of laws, guidelines, rules that we need to follow. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets, he sent down his books. And as a result, what happens is we are expected to now be responsible and follow this set of guidelines, this law and this Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are no rules, there are no laws, there is no Sharia. In, in Jannah, you will not be required to follow a set of rules that this is halal, this is haram. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us, he wanted to see within us this reason now he wanted to express and show that he hasn't created us for nothing for for vain in jannah the purpose of creation was to enjoy the blessings now sending us into this world he wanted to show that the purpose for which he has created us is to follow these rules so that by following these rules those who follow the rules they will earn the jannah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who don't then they will go astray and we find this in the quran where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it is against the wisdom of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he created the creation in vain so allah is asking a question does the human being think that you've just been created in vain without a purpose we find afa hasibtum Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do you think that we have created you in jest, in vain, for no purpose whatsoever, and that you will not return to us? I look at the style of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking in a certain way. So it is against the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He would create the creation in vain. So the whole idea is to show and to ex express that the whole idea why Allah created us is because he wanted us to go through this set of rules, this Sharia, this Islam, so that then he could then decide those who followed and those who didn't follow. So this is another reason why we have been sent into this world to act upon the Sharia, to act upon these rules and to follow the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that was number 20, 21. Another reason the ulama mentioned is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to see certain attributes within his slaves. And in Jannah, because Jannah isn't a place of testing, it wasn't possible to achieve this. Therefore, we came into the world where we call it Darul Imtihan or Darul Ibtila, the place where you are tested. And then as a result of being tested, then you find where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes in the Quran, he says, in Allah, he loves the people of sabr. In Jannah, there's no sabr. There is no sabr. So to attain this special love that Allah has for the people of sabr, you need to come into the world and go through tragedy and misery and then exercise patience. And then you attain that special love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is for patience, which then will be rewarded with a special status in Jannah. So the whole idea is to go back to Jannah, but to attain those high levels. In some places, Allah says, Yuhibbu shakirin. Allah loves those who are grateful. Now to be grateful, you need to come into the world. 
experience the difficulties of the life, see people who haven't been given as much as you have, and then display the gratefulness. He says in the Quran, Surah Saf, Allah loves those who fight in His way and it's, they're standing in rows. Now, in Jannah, there is no fighting whatsoever for the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, Allah loves the people who make tawbah. Now, how can you make tawbah? How can you make tawbah in Jannah? In, in Jannah, there is no sin, there is no disobedience. But on the other hand, we find Allah loves those who make tawbah. You make tawbah, you become the beloved of Allah. Now, to make tawbah, you need to be in the world. And to make tawbah, you need to commit a sin. And after the sin, then you make the tawbah. And then you become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That doesn't mean that we do sin intentionally, but it's a requirement to become from the tawabin and those who are the, the people who seek repentance to be in the world and also to commit a sin. And we find there are certain ahadith which shows that Allah loves those people so much. There is one hadith which is very famous. It's in Bukhari as well. Where the Prophet says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves the tawbah of a person who has become distant from Him, disobeyed Him, and then come back to Him. Allah becomes more happy than the person. And then the Prophet gives a beautiful example. Imagine this a person, he's riding on his camel, and he's gone in the middle of the desert, and he's got his provisions with him, and he's on a long journey very hot very difficult journey his food has finished his water's finished and then he decides to take a rest when he takes a rest by a tree he gets off the tree and when he wakes up what happens his camel is lost it's nowhere to be seen he looks around it's desert hot sun he's got no food he's not got whatever he did literally he had was with the camel so he himself he doesn't have anything whatsoever this individual has now lost total hope and he goes back to that tree and he decides the only thing I can do now is let me go back to sleep and wait for my death to come because I, I don't have any chance of living. So he goes back to sleep and then all of a sudden he's woken up from his sleep and he opens his eyes and what does he see? He sees the camel in front of him. How happy is this person? Imagine how happy this person will be. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Lallahu ashaddu. Farahan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes even happier than this person when a person does tawbah and turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, to attain this happiness of Allah, again, we'd have to come into the world. Do we understand? Are we, is everybody following? In Jannah, there is no sin, there is no disobedience. And the, one of the other ahadith actually goes on to say that this person, he becomes so happy out of extreme happiness, he doesn't realize what he's saying. And he starts to say that, Oh Allah, I am your Rabb and you are my slave. He, he, he's, he's lost his mind. He's become so happy, so excited that this is why he starts saying. And this is in Sahih al-Bukhari. And the Prophet wasallam says, Allah becomes much more happy when someone does tawbah. So the idea over here is that tawbah can be only done after committing sins and sins can't be committed in Jannah. So uh, Jannah is Darul Naeem, whereas the world is Darul Imtihan, where a person is tested. Number 22. This is very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has created Jannah. 
And the reason why he's created Jannah is Jannah is now a place of reward. Whatever good people will do in the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward them. Now what he's done in Jannah, Jannah isn't just one, there's not just one level. He has made many, many different, different levels of Jannah. There are many stages, manazil, according to people's good deeds and actions. And it is from the hikmah and the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these different levels of Jannah, he wants to fill them all up. They're not going to be empty. Now who's going to take these different stages in Jannah? If we stayed in Jannah, everyone just would be the same in one, one level. We come into this world so that you can come here and do different good deeds. In one hadith we find, Inna fil daraja. That in Jannah there are 100 levels, 100 stages. Now these hundred are only for the mujahideen. And it says between one level and the other level is the space between the heavens and the earth. And that is just separate for the mujahideen it mentions. So from this we learn there are many, many, many stages and levels in Jannah. And it's from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he wants to put somebody in every single level. He wants to fill them up. It's not just going to be there vacant. It's been prepared for certain individuals. Now, in order to be able to attain those different levels, you have to come into this world and do good deeds. Now, everybody sitting here, for example, everyone's good. Alhamdulillah, everybody does good deeds. Okay, some might do more, some might do less. But that's the idea. Somebody has more Quran, somebody has more Salah, somebody has more Dhikr, somebody has more Sadaqah. So all of these different levels, to attain them, you need to come into this world. Now, this is beautiful. The ulama have mentioned that people will so the first thing we need to achieve is safeguard ourselves from the fire of Jahannam. How do you safeguard yourself from the fire of Jahannam? That's going to be with the forgiveness and the clemency of Allah. So how, are we, how do we get the uh, safety from Jahannam first of all? With the forgiveness of Allah. Then, وَيَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ بِفَضْلِهِ وَنِعْمَتِهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ And we enter into paradise through the mercy and the grace of Allah. Then in Jannah, you get a, your stage according to your good deeds. Everyone following? Okay, I'll repeat that again. So we are saved from Jahannam. Believers will be saved from Jahannam with Allah's forgiveness. You enter into Jannah through Allah's mercy and Rahmah. And then you're granted your stage or level based on your deeds. Now, the reason why we're mentioning this is there is a hadith where the Prophet once said to the Sahaba, no one will enter Jannah because of their good deeds. Now, if someone says that to you, you think, hang on a second, what, what, what's all this about then? Why are we here? So the Sahaba asked the question straight away, oh, Prophet of Allah, what about you? Even you? They were, they were, they were up front. They, they weren't pretentious people. They were very practical, realistic. They never had pretense in them. They were very honest. The question came to the mind he just asked. He didn't think, oh, he's a prophet of Allah. What if he... No, the question came to his mind. He just asked the Sahabi, said, oh, prophet of Allah, what about you? Even you're, you've got the best good deeds. Even you're not going to enter Jannah because of your good deeds. He says, even me. 
Even I will not enter Jannah because of my good deeds. He says, how are we going to enter Jannah then? The Prophet ﷺ said, people will only enter Jannah because of the rahmah and the mercy of Allah. Okay, our good deeds, no matter how many good deeds a person does, it can never make us eligible and deserving of paradise. Never. You can do as many good deeds as you want. That's not going to make us deserving of Jannah, of entering Jannah. Jannah we will only enter through the mercy of Allah. Don't we hear that story again and again where on the day of judgment a person will have worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for like 500 years and then this person, he will be told that enter into Jannah because of my mercy and he will say, oh Allah, I worship you for 500 years. What do you mean your mercy? You should be saying enter Jannah because of all the worship I've done. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him stand on the bridge between Jahannam and he'll feel very thirsty. He'll ask for some water. He says, okay, if you want water, then you need to give some ibadah. How much ibadah? He'll say 500 years of ibadah. So 500 years of ibadah will be given and he'll have this grass of water and he'll still be thirsty. And that's when he'll realize and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, do you, now do you realize enter Jannah through my mercy and then he understands. I might have quoted, misquoted the story, it might not be exactly as it is, but you get the idea that we cannot enter Jannah because of our good deeds. There is actually um, a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu If Allah decided to punish all the creatures of the heavens, and all the creatures of the earth, if Allah just wanted to do that, He'd do it and He would not be, he would not be an oppressor. I mean, like He can do it. Allah is Allah. And if Allah decided to forgive everybody and bless everybody, then remember the mercy of Allah is always better than our good deeds. So no matter how many good deeds we do, that doesn't mean we shouldn't do good deeds. Remember, what this is the system. So you safeguard it from Jahannam with the maghfirah and the forgiveness of Allah. We enter Jannah through Allah's mercy. And then now, once you're in Jannah, the different level that you'll be given, that will then be according to your good deeds. The more better and more beautiful good deeds, the more heavier the good deeds we have, accordingly we will be given a stage again coming back to what we've been discussing is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made many stages and levels in jannah and he wanted to put somebody in each and every one of them now to attain them what do we need to do could we attain them in jannah no this is why we come in the world and everybody's told to good do good deeds everybody we're all in this race together some people are ahead some people are slightly behind some people are third place some people are fourth place but everybody's running together and we're trying to get that stage in jannah but remember it is we will not enter jannah because of our good deeds we'll enter jannah because of the mercy of allah and then the stage and the level of jannah which is going to be given inshallah will be in accordance to the good deeds so that was number 22 so last one 23 in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly tells us that inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa going back to what the malaika were told allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels i am going to create my deputy on the earth and it is Allah who created humans as deputies on earth. In another place in Surah Al-A'raf, 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make you the khalifa and the deputy. And uh, he's going to make you the, 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 the people who rule the earth. He's going to put the earth, uh, make the earth subservient to you. You will rule on the earth. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted this human being to become the rulers of the earth. And as a result of this, then what happens is this then leads to the inheritance of to inherit Jannah. Once a person is in this world, you are the ruler of this world. You are a Khalifa of Allah, a deputy of Allah, and you the earth has been made subservient to you. As a result of which what happens if you fulfill the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to his sharia what happens you will inherit this Quran tells us and the believers will be those who will inherit they will inherit the lands of Jannah as a result of living in this world so this is also the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he sends us into this world and you know the human being is such that whatever we've seen, whatever we've experienced, we're, we're familiar with it. And those things we've, which we've not seen, we've not heard of, um, we, we, we think of them being very far-fetched. A few sessions ago, we spoke about the Kitab Jazawul Amal, the reward and the punishment for human deeds in this world. And there we spoke about the importance of why we need to hear this because when we speak about Jannah and its virtues and the rewards, we think it's far-fetched. And living in this world where we want everything instant, instant gratification, we want every, even nowadays people say, you know, I've, I've made dua and why is, it, why is it not happening? Why is nothing happening? And you say, how long have we been making dua for? And they say, well, two days. Well, that's nothing. Okay, we find stories in the Quran where a prophet made dua for 40 years and then they saw the acceptance. Duas are always accepted. Allah is Al-Mujib. Allah has told us to make dua. So it's not a fact that it's not going to be accepted. We don't know when and how, but they are always accepted. But the thing over here is that the human being, when we've not seen something, uh, we're sort of not familiar with it. Uh, we're told about it. Our iman requires us to believe in him. So this is why our father, Adam alayhi salam, was placed in Jannah. And then he told everybody afterwards about the Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that before he comes into the world, he stayed there for some time. So he sees experiences and he perceives the blessings of Jannah and then shares it with his children so that it's not so far-fetched for us. Because in the hadith we find that when people gather in this manner, Okay, in one of the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the angels, that, Ma yas'aluni abdi. What, why am I a slave sitting here in the masjid? What do they want? And the angels, they say, al jannah. They only want jannah. That's the only reason why they're sitting here. They want jannah. And Allah asks the angels, Have they seen jannah? Has anybody seen jannah here? No. So they say, La ya Rabb. No, oh Allah, the people sitting in this masjid, they haven't seen Jannah. Then Allah asked the angels, What if they were to see Jannah? So at the moment, Alhamdulillah, we're sitting here because we've been told about it. Okay, we know about it, but we've not seen it. Okay, we've only heard about it. We've not seen it. Allah asked the angels, what if they actually saw Jannah? How would they behave? 
Had they seen Jannah, they'd desire it and work even harder. So already people are working hard towards it. If they'd seen it, they'd work even harder. So from there we learn that when you see something, obviously you believe in it even more. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made our father live in Jannah for some time. Once he came out, he related what he saw, what he experienced to his children. So it's like seeing is believing. Like we've heard it from our father. Our, our, our father told us about it. Yeah, we know about it because our father told us about it. Thus, we have been sent into this world to prepare for that particular life. Now, as we know, living in this world, um, sometimes we, until we don't go through the tragedies and difficulties and ill health and uh, a loss or a misery, we don't appreciate. And it's, it's just human nature. When we are in blessings, when we are favored, when we've got good prosperous times, we generally don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, you know, when, when, a, when your health is taken away, a person becomes ill, what happens? You know, our du'as change. The, the, uh, the, the amount of du'as change. The quality of du'as changes. Our sadaqah changes. Our salah changes. Everything changes. When there's a, a tragedy in the family, somebody passes away, everything just changes. A person loses their job or for example a person makes a loss somewhere else or a person for example has some other difficulty you know and they just for, for those couple of days or those couple of weeks that person looks different they act different it's just such that on the contrary when we are blessed even at that time we should be remembering Allah because that's from Allah. it's not only misery that comes from Allah good conditions also come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well we hear other Sheikh Rahmatullah and many others also mention these stories of Layla and Majnu. We know regarding, you know, in English we say Romeo and Juliet. So Layla and Majnu, uh, these are very famous incidents. And there are many lessons to be taken from their stories. Amurru ala diyari Layla and waqabbilu dhal jidari wa dhal jidara wa ma hubbu diyari shaghafna qalbi walakin hubbu man sakana diyara. You know, we find that Layla and Majnu, so Layla uh, was very, uh, it was this, was this woman. Majnu was in love with this woman, Layla, and he tried to do everything. He tried to do everything to take her into his control, to try and seduce her, to try and become closer to her. But it, it, nothing was working. He was trying and he didn't give up. And the, the, the poet goes on to mention that sometimes I pass from the streets of Layla. Amurru ala diyari Layla. And he says that uh, uh, Sometimes I kiss this wall Sometimes I kiss that wall And even the dog that goes through the street of Layla I'm in love with the dog it's not, and, and he goes I kiss the wall Sometimes I go and kiss the dog And he says It's not this city It's not these roads and these streets It's not the animal that passes from the street of Layla that's penetrated into my heart. Rather, it's the person that lives in this city. It's the Layla who I want. And we find that this person, Majnu, would pray. Every night he would wake up in Tahajjud and he would pray and ask Allah for Layla every night. So this is what was waking him up in the night. And we all have something like this. That we have a tragedy, we have a problem. There is a Layla in everybody's life. And that true love should be the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the scholars mentioned one day 
Majnu got fed up and he woke up for tahajjud and he said, Oh Allah, if you're not going to give me Layla, then just do one thing. Take her love out of my heart. So that's it. That's the end of it. And the answer came that if we were to take the love of Layla out of your heart, then you'd stop praying tahajjud every night. You'd stop praying towards the way you're praying to me and the way you're crying to me every night, that would stop. So sometimes we don't realize there's a reason and there's a wisdom behind the tragedy, the difficulty, the illness, the sadness or the misery that we are going through. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to become closer to him. In Jannah, he has fixed and allocated a position, a rank for us. Our good deeds might not be sufficient to get us to that particular rank. Therefore, an individual goes through these tragedies, makes sabr, turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nevertheless, we now conclude. So this is, we've discussed 23 reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Adam salam and Hawa to the earth. Uh, in conclusion now, we come to the end by mentioning that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Adam and Hawa to the earth, we've gone through 23 different reasons why, and there could be many more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, that all of you now out, you are expelled, get out of Jannah, go to the earth. Now this is powerful. When Allah breaks you, Allah sends down a situation upon you. Now, Adam salam and Hawa coming out of Jannah, them being taken out. Can you imagine how difficult it must have been for them to leave the paradise? Of course, they also earned the anger of Allah at that time. They had their clothes taken away from them and they were made to come into the world. So it's, it's, like, it's like you're shattered to pieces, you're broken. You're broken in many, many ways. But remember when Allah... Now, now that happened with Adam salam, with you and I, we also go through these different phases where Allah has blessed us with something, He decides to take it away and we feel broken. But remember when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down a situation upon you as He did for Adam salam, and it breaks you, remember he, only, he doesn't only send the condition that breaks you, He also sends down the fix as well. And that is what we learn over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, minha jami'a. Get out of Jannah. All of you, you are expelled now. You're going to live in the earth. So that's, that's, that's the condition that breaks a person. Then he says, Now, if my guidance comes to you, and whoever follows my guidance, There'll be no fear and there'll be no grief. That's one verse. Another verse Allah says, similar message, Again, same thing. Allah says, all of you out of Jannah. You are now expelled. You're out. You'll be an enemy for each other. However, while you're in this world, if my guidance reaches you, and whoever follows my guidance, that person will never go astray. And you'll never tire yourself out. You will never fall in misery. You will not go through a difficult time. And then Allah says, 
Whoever turns away from my guidance, my reminder, my Quran, my prophets, my sun, my, the sunnah of my prophets. For that individual in the world will be a very narrowed life. You know, the world is vast. It's huge. But a person that turns away from the guidance of Allah, Allah makes that person's life very narrow. That a person has everything, but they can't benefit from him. You've got everything around you, but you've got no peace. And everything just narrows upon you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah will resurrect this person on the day of judgment blind. So this person when he's resurrected blind, he will say, Oh Allah, in the world I wasn't blind. So why am I blind on the day of judgment? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, Because my signs and my guidance came to you in the world and you turned away from it and you forgot it. Therefore today you will be forgotten as well. May Allah protect us. So the idea over here is when Allah sent down Adam salam and Hawa to the earth, that was a condition that broke them. It shattered them. They were broken for so many years. Adam cried. Hawa is crying. They were apart from each other. Allah was angry with them as well. And that was a condition that broke them. But remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't only send down one condition. If he's going to send a condition that's going to break you, there's always a condition that will fix you. And what is that? That is the فَمَنْ تَبِعَهُ The guidance of Allah. That is the Qur'an. That is the sunnah. Those are the spiritual reminders. And they're always there. In the form of prophets, they were there. In the form of the holy books, they were there. And we are being told exactly the same thing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't only send down conditions that will pull you down. There's always, a, a, you know, there's always a way for you to get back up again. There is always light at the end of the tunnel. That light is there. That fix is there. And that fix is the Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah makes it very clear that you go through a difficult time. Just follow my guidance. The promise of Allah. You will never go astray and you will never see misery. And Ibn Abbas says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken upon himself the responsibility. Whoever recites the Quran and practices the guidance of the Quran, that person will never go astray in this world or the hereafter and never see misery in this world or in the hereafter. Then he read the same ayah of the Quran. Allah says, when my guidance comes to you, whoever follows my guidance, that you will never go astray. You will never become wretched. Always Allah will guide you, protect you. As long as we stick to the guidance of Allah. And this is a test. This is the test. When we are going through difficulties, it's so easy to become uh, negative. It's so easy to lose hope. Shaitan wants this. That is what shaitan's job is. The major task of shaitan, and the, because that's what's happened to him. What's happened to Iblis? Iblis is Iblis because he has lost hope in Allah's mercy. That is what... You know, he is mal'oon. We say he is cursed. What does it mean to be cursed? 
To be cursed, meaning to be very distant from Allah's mercy. Shaitan Iblis is never ever going to get any part of Allah's mercy. That's what he, that's what he is. That's you, if you want to characterize Iblis, it's the person or the, the creature or the being most distant from Allah's mercy. And we are desperately in need of Allah's mercy for everything. So what he wants to do, one of his major tasks is to make people lose hope in Allah's mercy, to make you despondent. And at every, you know, it, it's, it's easier for him to do that than to make you miss your salah or to commit a crime or to commit a sin because this plays on your head mentally and emotionally. And when a person is down, this is how shaitan attacks an individual by making you feel that you've lost hope. You've got no hope. And it comes to different people in different ways. A sinful person, shaitan will drive this. He'll keep drilling this into you. You've got no hope whatsoever. Person like you, Allah's never going to forgive you. Why would you pray? Why would you fast when you didn't do fajr today? Okay. Why are you reading Quran when you missed your salah? Or you looked at haram and now you want to do dhikr. This is the way shaitan works. And the greatest thing he wants to do is make us lose hope in the mercy of Allah. On the contrary, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in the Quran, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَةُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell my slaves, especially those who have committed like loads of sins, those who've sinned and sinned and sinned, who think that they're unforgivable, tell them, Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah because Allah forgives everyone, Allah forgives everything. And this is what we need at this time, especially the period that we are going through, the bleak, difficult, challenging period. We need a lot of hope. We need to increase our hope in the mercy and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's important that we see and perceive what's happening around us in a positive light. This is why. We have to remind ourselves, Quran tells us, and I've mentioned this in the last session as well. Asa an takrahu lakum. You might hate something Allah's telling us. You might dislike it. You might think, why this? But you don't realize that is good for you. You might think, how can that be good for me? In the Jummah that I did last, which was what, two, three, three weeks ago, I think it was, we spoke about a few incidents. One was, for example, the incident of Umm Salama who lost her husband, Abu Salama. He was an amazing guy and such a great Sahabi and she loved him and they had such a good relationship. Now, how can the losing of your husband, who is your pillar, who is your everything, be something good for you? I, we don't look at it as something good. But the Prophet ﷺ told her that you've gone through a difficult time, something bad happened to you, you should just say this, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon Allahumma jurni fi musibati wa akhlif li khayran minha O Allah, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon We know what that means. Then the dua is like this Allahumma, Allahumma jurni fi musibati O Allah, reward me in my difficulty, in my musibah Wa akhlif li khayran minha O Allah, grant me something better. So she says that, I read the first part Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon Allahumma ajurni fi musibati, Allah reward me in my difficulty. But then the last part, and grant me something, someone better. Who can be better than Abu Salama? But because the Prophet told me, I read it. I thought, let me just read it. And what happened? 
as a result. Can they be anyone better than Abu Salama? Well, you think about it, no. But who married Ummu Salama? None other than the Prophet himself. So at that time, she didn't realize, okay? We don't know when we're going through that tragedy and that difficulty. We don't know. But Allah is very wise. Allah loves us more than our mothers. Allah is most merciful. Why would He want to hurt you? Why would He want to harm you? Why would He want you to suffer? So it looks like a suffering, but as we say, it's a blessing in disguise for a believer. If, if we turn to Allah, if we are patient, if we keep turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we believe that good and bad comes from Allah, if we continue to believe that Allah is all wise and there is some wisdom in this tragedy that I'm going through, then that tragedy will make us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It could be that Allah wants us to become closer to Him. Maybe we've become a bit distant. Maybe we're not remembering Him as much as we... And we know Quran tells us as well, when Allah blesses a person, He becomes proud and arrogant and starts boasting to everybody. Look what I've got. Look at what I'm driving. Look how much I've earned. Look at my business. Look at my position. Look at my promotion. Look at me. Look at... This is what a person does. And then, وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ sharr. When a person becomes ill, a person loses something, a person has difficulty in his marriage, a person has difficulty in his financial dealings, a person goes bankrupt, a person loses something, what happens? Allah says in the Quran, in Then Allah says this, then he starts making big dua. The Quran is telling us this. Normally when a person is blessed, there is no dua, we're not thankful to Allah. And this is what we do, isn't it? This is human beings. When we're going through difficulties, that is... So sometimes, shaitan can attack a person at that time and make you lose hope in the mercy of Allah, thinking, oh, Allah's chosen me to punish. Allah's giving, doing this to me, maybe this, maybe that. And we start becoming distant and having bad thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the contrary, this should bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We count the blessings. We count what Allah has given us, not what Allah has taken us away. You know, He has granted us. If Allah has given us ill health, then think, Allah has granted me good health for 20, 30, 40 years. Okay? And for a few days, if He's given me ill health, that's nothing whatsoever. If Allah granted me a job for so many years, for 10 years I've been working, and now for two, three weeks, I'm without a job. I can't turn and start complaining. And this is Ayyub alayhi salam. When Ayyub alayhi salam was inflicted, his wife said, pray to Allah. And he says, I'm ashamed. For so many years, he's kept me in good health. And my ill health has only been a few years. I'm ashamed to turn to Allah and say to him that oh Allah grant me cure. Instead, what did he say? He said, Rabbi anni masani ad-dur wa anta arhamur rahimin. That oh Allah, I've been afflicted. And you are Arhamur Rahimin. Etiquette in dua. We learn from the Anbiya alayhim salatu wasalam. Nevertheless, this brings us to the end of today's session where we complete the 23 different wisdoms and reasons for why Adam alayhi salam and uh, Hawa, and then as a result, all of us were sent into this world. Now, the next session, the eighth session, is going to be the last uh, in the story of Prophet Adam alayhi salam, and then we'll be moving on to the next prophet. And the next session is going to be the wafat and the demise of Adam alayhi salam. So we started right from the beginning, how he was created. And we've been through seven sessions up until now. So the next session, we're going to speak about the final moments of Adam alayhi salam. 
uh, how he left the world and what happened after that was there anything that happened is there any mention of adam salam in the sunnah after he left the world inshallah that will be for next week in the eighth session may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our hearts with the nur of the quran may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us hope in the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and safeguard us from becoming despondent or losing hope in his mercy Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Allahumma barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Ya dhal jalali wal ikram, ya dhal jalali wal ikram, ya dhal jalali wal ikram. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minal zalimin. Ya hayyu ya qayyum, ya hayyu ya qayyum, ya hayyu ya qayyum. Birahmatika nastaghith, aslih lana sha'nana kullah. Wala takilna ila anfusina tarfata'in. Allahumma kfina bihalalika an haramik. وأغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم إنا نسألك الصحة والعفة والأمانة وحسن الخلق والرضاء بالقدر اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله O oh Allah, grant us the nur of the Qur'an. O oh Allah, make the Qur'an our guide. O oh Allah, make the Qur'an our imam. O oh Allah, fill our hearts with the nur of Qur'an. O oh Allah, safeguard us from Jahannam with the Qur'an. O oh Allah, enter us into Jannah with the Qur'an. O oh Allah, help us on the day of Qiyamah. O oh Allah, help us on the day of Qiyamah. Grant us your shade on the day of Qiyamah. O oh Allah, make the Qur'an our guide. Make the Qur'an our nur when we are in our graves, O oh Allah. Help us to recite the Qur'an on a daily basis, O oh Allah. Help us to live our life in accordance to the Qur'an, O oh Allah. Grant us the true guidance of the Qur'an, O oh Allah. Help us to live our life according to the Sunnah, O oh Allah. Grant us good health, O oh Allah. Grant us all afia, O oh Allah. Many of those who are suffering through illnesses, whether at home or in hospitals, O oh Allah, grant them complete shifa, O oh Allah. Grant them afia, O oh Allah. Grant them good health, O oh Allah. Protect them, O oh Allah. Those in their final moments, grant them husnul khatima, O oh Allah. All our time will come when we all have to leave the world. Make the last day our best day, O oh Allah. Make our final action our best action, O oh Allah. And grant us death with Iman and Islam with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa salamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil.